In episode six, we'll be exploring positive psychology's PERMA model for well-being, how it can be applied in the workplace, and ideas to try at your school that will help increase staff well-being across each of the PERMA pillars of well-being. Stay tuned. Welcome to Well-Led Schools with Adrienne Hornby. On this podcast, we talk about all things staff well-being, school culture, and leadership. Join me for incredible and rich conversations with a range of experts who will give you tips, tricks, and inspiration to best support the well-being of the staff in your school and yourself. I'm your host, Adrienne Hornby, a health and well-being consultant and former school leader. I partner with schools across Australia to tailor and embed staff well-being action plans aimed at addressing staff burnout and building positive working environments. This episode is brought to you by our signature Well-Led Schools Partnerships, a 12-month program that brings leaders and staff together to create a shared vision for their school and empowers them to create an action plan that leads to needle-moving changes in school culture and morale. Doors to our partnerships open only once per term. Stay updated on program openings and sign up for the wait list at adriannehornby.com.au forward slash school hyphen partnerships. Hi everyone, this is Adrienne Hornby. Thank you so much again for joining me for another episode of Well-Led Schools. In today's episode, I'll be introducing Positive Psychology's PERMA model alongside some practical strategies that you can try at your school that will help to improve the well-being of leaders, staff and students. Introducing new initiatives is a challenge, particularly when your staff are on the brink of burnout and many of our staff are nowadays. Whether staff are calling in sick, whether they're struggling to bounce back post-pandemic or you're experiencing pushback on new ideas, the pressure of an increasing workload alongside things like challenging student behaviour can begin to stop our school's progress in its tracks. What we need in schools is an approach to well-being that plans for and considers the multiple elements required to increase staff psychological safety. So what this means is that a few well-intentioned staff well-being initiatives like after-work drinks or morning teas simply won't cut it. Similarly, I caution schools to not only focus on personal well-being initiatives like supporting staff to look after their own well-being or, or develop coping strategies, what we also need to do is we're required to sort of sprinkle in really a bit of everything and what we focus our energy and attention on is going to depend on a few varying factors. Now, what I mean by covering everything is covering multiple dimensions. And this is why the PERMA model is really great because it gives us between five and six different areas to focus our energies on rather than just one at a time. So one at a time might be only focusing on relationships or one thing at a time might be bringing somebody in to run a wellbeing workshops on, on how to cope with your stress. 
while our staff might actually be requiring a few different initiatives in order to build the culture of the school per se or address any process issues that we've got in the school. So this will begin to make sense as we talk across each of those pillars. Now, I talked before about um, how what we put in place is going to depend on a few varying factors. And those are things like the state of staff well-being in your school. So this is the overall health, well-being and mental health of our staff. So schools with more staff who are reporting that they feel burnt out or like their mental health is impacted will likely need different initiatives from another school who don't have as many staff burnt out but might be reporting that there are collaboration concerns, for example. It's also going to depend on the unique complexities experienced at each school. So do staff feel disconnected socially? Are there some leadership-related challenges? Are the workload expectations hard to keep up with? And so on. So I want to caution you going into this episode is just because we talk about each of those five to six pillars of the PERMA model doesn't mean that each of those pillars is necessarily going to be something that has to be focused on in your school. It's so setting dependent. So the PERMA model is a really well-rounded approach to tackling your staff well-being needs and it's widely recognised and influential in the field of positive psychology which is an approach to psychology with a focus on utilising positive interventions to improve well-being with a goal of thriving or flourishing over a focus on more traditional psychology, which might be fixing things, um, sort of talking about the problem more so and working through that element. Both sides of psychology have their place. So positive psychology is about putting in place those positive interventions more so. Now, the PERMA model can be used for individuals, but it's actually gained a lot of traction in workplaces, organizations, and of course, schools as an effective way to improve the, the psychological safety and well-being of staff. Now, when I'm working with clients, schools, or organizations, I actually find this model useful for conceptualizing their path and the interventions required. And I like it because it's this holistic and more integrated approach, as I touched on before. It's not just coming at well-being from one angle. It's ensuring that we're we're looking across those multiple pillars to ensure that we're building an approach that's well-rounded and supports the, the majority of our staff. Now, PERMA is the acronym for the five pillars of positive psychology, according to Seligman. So PERMA stands for positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. So in this episode, we're going to explore each of those pillars, and I'm going to also give you some practical ideas that you can try at your school to begin improving workplace well-being right away, again, with the caveat that they need to be the initiatives that your staff actually need and want and need to reach that point of need. Now, let's get started with positive emotions. We know that people perform better in work and life when they're happier and, and particularly when they're thriving, so when they're doing really well. When this is the case, 
their mood is optimized. And of course, that means they're more optimistic and stress resilient in general. So as leaders, we can promote positive emotions in our staff by implementing a number of different initiatives, but uh, namely the ones that I'll cover off on today. First of all, it's on surveying staff to actually identify their workplace stresses and the suggested initiatives for improving well-being that, and then actually practically address that feedback. So our job as leaders in a school or in any organization is to identify the stresses and then work to reduce the risk of those stresses doing any harm to our staff. So that's the first and most important thing that we can be doing, giving our staff a voice so that they can let us know how they're faring and what in particular it is that might be causing them distress or challenge at any one time. Uh, The next point is to support our staff who are experiencing challenges with their health mental health and or and or well-being. Now, this might involve anything from having mental health first aid training in order to be able to engage in productive and supportive conversations with any staff who might be struggling or suffering. Additionally, it's important here to consider how we can make reasonable adjustments to working roles for staff who might really need it. So whether that's talking to them about reduced working hours or days, ensuring that the role is more conducive to their health and well-being uh, and how we can support that practically within the workplace. Another point here is around providing staff and leaders with the relevant training opportunities in ways to manage and, and tolerate stress in many ways. Stress is quite inevitable in our roles, but how can we tolerate it and manage that stress? It's in resilience building as well developing our emotional intelligence, and of course, developing coping strategies. So this is just but one point in positive emotions here. But I do, I must say, see a lot of schools only implementing this as a strategy to support staff wellbeing. And it's such a good initiative to put in place. But if we're only doing that alone, staff might become a little bit frustrated, particularly if the cause of their stress, let's say, is uh, setting based or, you know, based on those challenges in the school. So that might not be acknowledging what's happening for our staff and, of course, what's causing that stress. Another point here is around sharing, promoting and encouraging access to mental health resources and supports. Um, It's another common one that I see where we can flick through websites and resources, which please don't stop doing, but that is really part of a very well-rounded approach. And finally, um, another point that I love and I think that we can always do more of in life and in work in general is to express gratitude to one another and promote more ways to be thankful for those we work with and alongside for the actions and, and the hard work of everybody. And we can do this through celebration segments and staff meetings, shout out walls and, and open appreciations as a core part of business. As I was alluding to before, positive emotions is that element that we often go to first with a well-being approach at school, and it's so important, but it cannot be done alone in isolation. It needs these remaining pillars that I'll be talking about today because, as I said before, Martin Seligman, that pioneer of positive psychology, 
says that for that state of well-being and thriving, we need those five to six pillars. Hi there. I wanted to take a quick break from the show to chat to you about our anonymous staff well-being surveys. You see, you can't rely on what you think you know about your staff's well-being. Unless you've taken the time to collect verbal and written feedback from your staff and analyse the data, there's no way you have the full picture of what's happening in your school. Our anonymous staff well-being survey engages staff by allowing them to feel heard and gives leaders tangible data that can be used to create a strategic action plan for improved well-being at each individual school. You can choose between two packages. Our DIY staff well-being survey option is where you'll receive an editable and easy to distribute survey with a guide to run and interpret your data yourself. Or our survey with data analysis and recommendation option. Here, I will work with you to conduct your survey and analyze your data and provide you with a full in-depth review of your data and personalized recommendations for you to begin implementing right away. Purchase and download all you need to start capturing staff voice and get started on your school's improvement journey at adriannehornby.com.au forward slash staff hyphen wellbeing hyphen surveys. Now back to the show. Next, we're going to move on into the E in PERMA, which stands for engagement. And this is the feeling of being completely tuned in and absorbed by everything that you enjoy doing and maybe even excel at. Being engaged is what helps us to promote a sense of well-being in ourselves and get into that flow state. Now, the key to more staff engagement is to harness more motivation within their job roles and opportunities that really excite and impassion them. I think that we have a bit of a head start working in education because uh, our staff are often really motivated and excited by supporting children and young people. But engagement in terms of in the workplace is very leadership led and it's important for leaders to ensure that they're putting in place practices that aim to engage staff. So leaders can begin to do this by First of all, supporting the health and well-being of their staff because stressed and burned out teachers are more likely to be disengaged. So that sort of goes back to the positive emotions section that I was just talking about. We need to ensure that we're supporting staff health and well-being in order to optimise engagement levels. The next point is around co-creating goals, both individually and in teams. So finding out where our staff perceive they're at now and then their ideal self as a professional and how we can unlock the doors to get them to that point at, you know, across each year I'm thinking in general. Um, But starting our year off and continuing to revisit throughout the year a regular goal-setting practice. This is not something that is utilised enough As a coach, this is our bread and butter. It's all around setting goals. Um, But it's important to focus our staff on where they're going. Team goal setting is amazing because that that builds that collective capacity and that collective teacher efficacy. So helps to focus us and orientate us towards our North Star. 
Another idea here is around identifying and confirming an understanding of job roles and responsibilities. This is so our staff clearly know what's expected of them, how they can succeed and progress in their careers if that's their goal. Too often I go into schools where, particularly I'm going to say with the leadership team, there's not enough of an understanding of the role of the senior leaders and the middle leaders in particular. We all kind of end up becoming a jack of all trades. But what, you know, what is our place in the school? Too often senior leaders are, of course, out with students a lot of the time supporting behaviours and they're not actually getting the time to be able to innovate and lead uh, processes and teams and strategic directions. So um, supporting our leaders is really important in that sense and also our staff so that they understand not only their roles as teachers or as non-teaching staff but also the roles of their leaders and why they're working on certain projects Um you know, as opposed to doing what a teacher might think they might need to be doing across their day. Next, another idea is around supporting teachers and leaders to find their professional identity or even to rediscover it. And that's through working with and to their strengths. So what the research has actually told us is since the pandemic and you know, going to and from home learning, but also struggling with our workloads, challenging student behavior and disconnection is that staff are feeling quite <laughs> distressed by their, their lack of teacher identity anymore, who they are, what their job actually is, what they're good at. I think in particular for those states where staff were going uh, to home learning and back and home learning and back again, I'm thinking of the Victorian teachers here and, and leaders, of course, the staff. What we lost is almost like a lack of understanding of what our strengths are and what we're good at because I think for many of us we really struggled with teaching online because that's not what we're used to doing. Uh, We're used to that face-to-face learning and so many staff have really taken a hit in terms of their self-efficacy. So a focus on identifying again who we are as a practitioner and our the ideal version of ourselves, but that comes with looking at what our strengths are and then those areas for development just so we know again who we are what we're good at and and our contribution to the school environment next leaders can support their staff by promoting self-direction and autonomy within their roles And, of course, the most highly engaged staff across any organisations are those who feel like they're able to take the lead in projects and feel like the leadership is distributed across the school. And we know that as professionals, when we're able to utilise our strengths and put them into practice and, and really take our school or team forward, that helps to build our sense of satisfaction within our role and, of course, engagement. Another idea is around allocating coaching and mentoring partnerships for all staff, of course, to develop and grow and, of course, to ensure that all staff are provided with timely and relevant feedback from their leaders at least once a week. So that can be formal or informal but just checking in with staff to let us know that we recognize their strengths firstly and then providing them with any feedback on their self-identified areas for development first um, and then anything else outside of that. The next pillar is R for relationships. 
Now, as humans, we're very social creatures by nature, so it should be no surprise that we need positive relationships to thrive. Building connections with others and having a support system helps us to flourish and is essential for our well-being. So in the workplace, collaboration is going to be less likely without meaningful relationships. And without collaboration, it will be hard to see any concrete outcomes or innovation in the workplace as well. And we're less likely to achieve collective teacher efficacy. Now, too often in schools, we can get caught up with focusing on the social aspects of what it means to build those positive relationships. And it's so important that we do include aspects to socialize as a staff, but we also need to remember that building collective teacher efficacy requires strong collaboration. So that will often require scaffolds, programs, inquiry models, uh, a professional learning community approach, something along those lines. So um, not everybody knows naturally how to collaborate and will go and do it consistently in teams. So having something in place is really important here. So leaders can promote more positive relationships by, of course, providing opportunities for team and, and relationship building inside and outside of school hours. Um, the research actually favours in school hours um, and that might be in lieu of a staff meeting to do some team building opportunities because that creates shared memories for our staff. It gives them a point of reference when they bump into someone in the hallway as opposed to things that are scheduled outside of school hours that not everybody can attend nor has the energy to attend as well. It's also important to focus on developing trust amongst leaders and staff and and trust is really earned and takes time and this can start and continue with professional learning and coaching opportunities to develop emotional intelligence and relational skills as leaders. I think the personal attributes of an effective leader including emotional intelligence is something that 100% can be learned and developed over time. If you've heard about my story it was certainly not something I was born with or conditioned with with my upbringing. I actually had to go and develop that for myself as a leader and it, it really changed the trajectory of the way that I led my team and my school. Another idea is around encouraging perspective, empathy and awareness for others. It's really important as leaders for us to do this, particularly when um, staff might lack perspective, but this really starts with having it ourselves. So that's why developing that emotional intelligence, starting with self-awareness of not only how we perceive ourselves, but how others perceive us is, is really important. Another idea is around ensuring concrete opportunities for staff to collaborate. So that's what I was talking about before, whether we build in something like the spiral of inquiry into a strategic direction or, um, uh, you know, the strategy or initiative that we're working on in our school. I'm thinking, you know, whether it's behaviour or a literacy or a numeracy program, uh, engaging in action research and PLC approaches, of course, which are very collaborative in their nature. And finally, preventing, managing and resolving conflict amongst our staff where relevant and the best prevention actually is emotional intelligence in leaders and, of course, in developing that in our staff as well. To feel profound satisfaction in life, we have to give it meaning. This is where that M in the PERMA model comes from. 
A sense of meaning can be found in many ways, but often it's found when we step outside of ourselves and see how we contribute to the greater good. At work, we're more likely to experience meaning when there's a shared sense of purpose and a vision that's guiding the the direction of the collective. So we know that as as teachers, it's our goal in education to make a difference. Um, And I'm talking about our leaders and school staff too. Ensuring that staff are reminded of their purpose and that they're working towards a shared vision is extremely important for maintaining meaning, particularly now. The stress sometimes, I think oftentimes actually, is outweighing the meaning and the purpose for us sometimes, and I think we don't revisit it enough. So a leader uh, with a strong sense of vision and purpose who's able to co-create that with their staff and communicate it well is going to be more likely to motivate and provide clarity around direction for their staff. Now, leaders can foster more meaning at work by co-creating a school vision for a positive school culture and improved staff well-being, but also being highly visionary, of course, across strategic directions. They visually display strategic plans and goals so that staff know and are reminded of what they're working towards and why decisions are made. I think we forget sometimes that just because we say the vision doesn't mean that our staff will always remember or that they understand. Um, so that buy-in is really important and um, you know, constantly revisiting it is also going to be more advantageous. Supporting staff to find their professional self-identity. So I talked about that earlier, helping staff to identify who they are as a practitioner and where they want to go, why they got into teaching in the first place, why it is that they're setting their goals and what they hope to achieve. So that's working with staff more on an individual level. And of course, again, setting meaningful goals and clarifying expectations regularly. And that isn't just necessarily your expectations as a school leader, but it's what we expect of one another. And having those gentle expectations are almost like standards and we co-create them so that we don't erode trust with a set of rules. Now, I'd get you to reflect upon if staff wellbeing initiatives might not have worked in the past. It could be because they weren't based on what staff need or want or there wasn't a shared vision of wellbeing where values and, and gentle expectations really guided that change. Next, we have the A in PERMA, which is accomplishments. So a sense of accomplishments really helps to reinforce that we're on the right track and it keeps us moving forward and and maintains motivation. When we see that we've met our goals and that we're excelling at what we do, it promotes feelings of confidence and well-being within ourselves. Without clear directions, feelings of success and affirmation from leaders staff can lose interest and feel lost. And I must say that when I'm reading through the anonymous staff wellbeing surveys that I run with schools, I do see value and recognition of accomplishments coming up a lot. And I think it's probably, it's not that it's not happening across all schools, but is it consistent? Does it feel genuine? Um, Are we actually working with the identified strengths of staff? Are we celebrating and recognizing staff in a in a way that means something to them. 
So some ideas to foster accomplishment in the workplace include, of course, regular goal setting with individuals and as teams and a regular review of progress. So we often have these systems or processes in place at a department or system level, but how can we leverage them so they seem less like a tick and flick and more like we actually value them as leaders and they're not just an annoying meeting that we have to schedule in at the beginning, middle and end of each year? They're an opportunity to hear from our staff what it is that they're good at and how they want to progress. And then we can work at recognizing those self-identified areas. It's also providing affirmation and recognition of accomplishment in meaningful ways. And I think that that's more meaningful when we really know our staff. We know what it is that they, what they want to get out of their career and, and who they see themselves as, as a professional. It's also engaging in feedback opportunities. So that could be peer feedback, uh, particularly if we're looking for our staff to be able to get to know one another and recognize strengths and and support one another in an area of strategic direction, things like learning walks. And then this way, we're able to provide feedback to one another that's in alignment with school's priority areas, but also our identified goals as a practitioner. Now, positive psychology is also beginning now to recognize that well-being goes beyond just those five elements or pillars initially proposed in the PERMA model, and that's where they're adding the H onto the end, and that's for health. So this includes our physical health, which requires physical activity, good nutrition and sleep, for example, but also our mental and emotional health. Our physical health is at the core of all that we do. If we don't feel well, we'll likely lack the energy to be able to tend to the other areas. So in many ways, it's quite foundational. Now, schools can promote health in the workplace by, of course, role modeling and encouraging healthy work-life balance and good health and well-being as leaders. You know, monkey say, monkey do, but our staff also get the message from us as to what we expect. So if we work these crazy hours and we're super stressed all the time and run ourselves into the ground for work, they often perceive that that's what we expect of them. And I've been there. I've been that kind of leader before and it did not yield very pleasing results. So once I was able to role model that work-life balance mattered, that family mattered, and that I was productive with my working hours, it was a game changer. Other ideas include providing healthy food options in the workplace for morning tea. While we might think we're doing our staff a favor by throwing out chocolates and junk food at the end of the day because they need it, they're going to be more likely to crash energy-wise from that. Um, So how can we support the health of our staff in a more positive way that's going to promote longevity? We can also promote physical activity at work, such as getting outside for walks in the day, starting a school social sport team, planning active team building opportunities as well. I've actually heard about from a few schools, particularly my Northern Territory and WA schools, about gym facilities on site. Now, that's not a luxury that all schools can afford, but if that is a facility that is on site at your school, how can you encourage your staff to actually use that more? Head there in groups, go in with buddies, that kind of thing. Also providing and encouraging access to resources and support organisations such as Beyond Blue, Mental Health First Aid and Go for Two and Five, for example. So the PERMA model teaches us that wellbeing is complex and multi-layered 
and we must work to enrich each of the six areas in the workplace in order for our staff to feel balanced and well-rounded and like their well-being is being properly attended to. Applying the principles of positive psychology to your approach to workplace culture can be tremendously helpful for promoting positivity amongst your staff and ensuring the ongoing development of our leaders' capacity and personal attributes. The PERMA model is a foundational component of my approach when working with schools. I work to support leaders and staff to embed elements of each pillar to ensure that the school's approach to improving staff well-being and school culture is effective. And this includes building an action plan that includes actions across each of those pillars. The secret behind knowing what to include in your action plan is based on the very unique and individual needs of your staff, and it lies in what I call the scanning process. Here, the school conducts an anonymous staff wellbeing survey first, and then goes on to review multiple sources of wellbeing data, as well as seeking the input of staff. From here, you can build a plan which your staff will then actually respond to. If you'd like to learn more about my approach to supporting schools to address staff wellbeing and foster a positive working environment, you can join me for a free and live training on February 16. During this training, I'll step you through why you need to lead your school with wellbeing in mind and the principles that top performing well-led schools are guided by in this current climate why using positive psychology, the PERMA model and an inquiry approach to staff wellbeing is essential for your school's success. We'll discuss evidence-based ways from the most up-to-date educational leadership research to support burnt-out staff with school-wide plans and initiatives that actually work. And we'll cover off as well on the importance of a staff wellbeing action plan for your school and how to put it all together with my six steps to becoming a well-led school and the first steps that you need to take and so much more. You can register to attend at adriannehornby.com.au forward slash February training that will also be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Well-Led Schools. You can access the show notes for this episode complete with information and links wherever you're listening to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you haven't already. If you'd like to learn more about how the PERMA model can improve your approach to staff wellbeing, remember I'm hosting that free and live training on February 16 on the six research-backed steps you can take to support staff wellbeing and address teacher burnout in your school with strategy in 2023. Learn more and register online again. That's adriannehornby.com.au forward slash February training. Hope to see you there. Thanks so much for listening to Well-Led Schools. I look forward to connecting with you at adriannehornby.com.au. Here you can get in contact with me, learn more about my approach and join my mailing list. I'm Adrienne Hornby. Thanks again for your time and stay well.